Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Fantastic, fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 17. And we are midway through this series called City on a Hill. City on a Hill. You were that to this community yesterday. As a church and as a spiritual family, positioned and elevated to bring honor and glory to Jesus in the way that you served. I love this series because it's giving us a chance to talk about some of the distinctives, the things that set us apart. How many of you know that if we're going to make a difference, we have to be okay being different? Different in order to make a difference. I think two weeks ago when we kicked off this idea, we talked about holiness. And we said holiness is literally being set apart. We talked about what that is and what that isn't. Um, Last week, if you were here, you heard from a great tag team preaching crew. Uh, I thank God for David Ray and Ryan Frith and Colleen Conte. Didn't they do a fantastic job? Why don't we show our love and appreciation for the teaching teams? And we are blessed with so much talent, Uh, but they talked to us about serving, and I thought that was a great lead into what we were able to do this weekend. But today, in the third installment of this series, I want to talk to you about being thankful, about being thankful. As we move into this Thanksgiving season, I thought that the timing of this is appropriate. We're going to talk about the power of gratitude, and uh, we're going to see how God can use a grateful spirit to really impact the world around us. Luke 17, starting with verse 11. Scripture says this, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men, somebody say 10. It's important. 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. Now, let me just pause right here for a moment and tell you why they're standing at a distance. When I read this again this week, it, it, it made me realize how difficult it is to do life at a distance. If you, if you carried the skin disease of leprosy back in ancient days, then you were basically separated from society. The, the condition was contagious, and you couldn't just do life in the ordinary ebb and flow of society. You had to be different. You had to be set apart and, and separated from others, lest what you have, it spreads to others. In fact, you had to announce your skin condition. If you were to walk down the streets, you had to to make sure everybody knew that you were unclean. According to the Levitical law, you had to announce, unclean, unclean. I thought about that again. How many of you are glad that when you walk into the doctor's office, you don't have to make an announcement about your condition? I'm so glad. I mean, can you imagine... You know how isolated it would be to live with leprosy. The Bible says they stood at a distance and they had they began to cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have you ever been at a place in your life when you felt like there was nothing else that you could do? You had tried everything you've known to do, and you had one place to turn, and that was Jesus. Have you ever reached a situation or a season where you felt like you were the lowest you could ever go, that you had hit rock bottom? Come on now. Only to discover that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. And then you call on the name, Jesus, 
son of God, have mercy on us. The Bible says that Jesus looked at him and this is what he said. Go show yourselves to the priest. Interesting statement. Why would Jesus require them to show themselves? They have been living in hiding their entire lives. According to biblical law, they weren't supposed to show, they were supposed to cover. They weren't supposed to integrate, they were supposed to separate. They're asking for mercy and Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. Part of the ancient ritual was if you had been cleansed from a skin condition, the priest had to confirm it. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. As they went. Now, sometimes a miracle happens and it's instantaneous. But other times, a miracle happens over time. The the, the Bible says he gave them a command to show themselves. And the scripture says out of their obedience, something supernatural happened. Let me just take a moment and say this. If you're here today and you're in need of a miracle, if you'll just obey God as you go, You'll get all the grace and all the strength and all the help that you need. Can I have a good amen? As they went, so so don't be discouraged. You say, Mike, I prayed and it never happened. Or I was in in a prayer line and somebody laid hands on me and it didn't happen. Somebody spoke something over me and I have yet to see the results. Be encouraged. As you go, the Bible says. Just obey God. You just continue to be faithful and take the next step. The scripture says, as they went... They were cleansed of their leprosy. Verse 15, one of them, somebody say one. Now, now how many men had leprosy? Ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus. He came back to the source. Let me tell you something about a grateful spirit. A grateful spirit always considers the source of its blessing. A person who's truly thankful doesn't just ease on down the road with all of their stuff. They come back to the source. The Bible says that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus whispering. Is that what your Bible says? How many know he didn't come back whispering? He came back with a shout. Has God done something in your life so significant Has he helped you? Maybe in your marriage. Maybe it was sickness in your body. Maybe it was a relationship with one of your children. Maybe it was finances and and you didn't know how you were going to pay those bills. Or, you know, maybe it was that job promotion. Or when you saw God do something in your life, how many of you have ever been at a point where you had to go back to the source of that blessing? And you didn't come back with a whisper. You came back with a shout. Why? Because you want the world to know. When God's been so good to you, you just can't keep quiet about it. I just can't. I I just can't stop. I just I got to tell somebody. I got to talk to somebody. It was funny. Yesterday, we uh, Rachel and I, we we brought Trevor and uh, we went to several houses. We went to three different families. And of course, I know you may find this strange. You may find this hard to believe. But I like to talk. I know it's a stretch. It's a little out of character for me, but I just, I like to talk and find out about people and, you know, pray with people, encourage people, discover what God's doing. And so, you know, we went to a couple of houses and poor little Trevor, man, we were wearing him out. Finally, by the third house, we pull up in the driveway. He said, dad, 
when you pray, can you keep this prayer short? It's like, okay. So we got ready to pray and he's squeezing my hand. So I like, son, would you like to pray? He said, no, sir, you go right ahead. This man came back shouting and what did he say? Praise God. You know, a thankful spirit gives praise and honor to God. The Bible says, verse 16, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. Why? What was he doing? He was thanking him for what he had done. Now, it's interesting how the gospel writer identifies this man as a Samaritan. One of ten. Now, all ten men, the one thing they had in common was leprosy. They were all lepers, but he distinguishes this one by saying this man was a Samaritan. Samaritans had different beliefs than Jews. Samaritans had different practices than Jews. They even had different priests than Jews. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus healed him, he first didn't say, go get your doctrine right, and then I'll be good to you. But he blessed the men exactly as he found them. How many of you have discovered that the goodness of God does not discriminate? I'm so glad that the grace of God meets me right where I am, but it never leaves me where it finds me. Come on, somebody. The grace of God will come to you, and it's nothing that you've earned, nothing that you've deserved. I mean, you're simply helpless. You're held hostage, not to leprosy, but to a condition far worse, and it's called sin. All of us are plagued by sin. It's not a skin condition, it's a sin condition. And so we're rendered helpless. We ask Jesus for mercy and we receive grace and it meets us right where we are, but it never leaves us where it finds us, it moves us forward. Uh, I, I love the scripture. I love this, how the story unfolds. This man was a Samaritan. Now verse 17, Jesus asked, wait a second, didn't I heal 10 men. Where are the other nine? Interesting. All of them had been given their life back, but only one of them returned to give thanks. He says, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then he finishes by saying this to the man. He looked at the man and he said, stand up and go for your faith has healed you. Now, this pronouncement is a little different. In verse 19, when he says, your faith has healed you, it implies complete and total healing. Not just physical healing from a skin condition, but emotional healing, relational healing, social healing, spiritual healing. This one man came back, and because he honored the source of his blessing, God honored him by healing him completely. Can I have a good amen? You know, I thought this was a great passage to kind of lead us into the conversation today. City on a hill. I think one of the things that distinguishes the body of Christ from the rest of the world is this spirit of thanksgiving. If you're taking notes, I want to give you three simple thoughts. And, and I think this can help us because this is a good uh, reminder to reinforce who we are, what we have, and the source of our blessing. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, I pray that we're a church with thankful hearts. Somebody say heart. That's where Thanksgiving starts. It starts in the heart. It starts with what you think. When you reflect on your life, how many of you, you don't have to look too far to see the goodness of God? 
How many of you don't have to really scratch your head or dig in deep to, to discover how good God has been to you? You know, it's funny because we teach our kids this when we put them down, you know, uh, uh, at night and we say their prayers. Before we say any prayers, we say, listen, why don't we just name a few things that we're thankful for? How many moms and dads do that? Because it's good for us to teach our kids perspective. We want them to realize that, man, God has blessed us, not because we're good, but because he's good. Can I have a better amen? And so, you know, you get these kids going and so, hey, now I want you to name five things that you're thankful for. And they rattle off a few things and then it leads to a few more things. And next thing you know, it's like a runaway train, baby. We're thanking God for everything and everyone. And, and it, it's, it's, it's amazing to see the momentum when you just begin to rehearse your life. Now, now I want to be quick to say this. You may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. The progress that you've made in life and success, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, maybe in your finances, if you can point to something good in your life, I promise you the goodness of God is connected to it. Thankfulness is a heart condition. It it starts in the heart. Uh, Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. I love this verse. There are a handful of scriptures in the Bible that explicitly tell us what the will of God is. I know for a lot of people, they think, man, the will of God is a mystery. But the Bible does a great job of giving us clarity on the the will of God for us. And this is what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. The scripture says this, in everything, give thanks. Notice he didn't say in some things or in the good things or when you feel like it. But Paul said, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Can I have an amen? Amen. Notice how it says be thankful in everything, but not necessarily thankful for everything. You know, bad things happen. Sometimes we walk through difficult seasons and you don't have to rejoice for your pain. But but you know what? You can rejoice in your pain. I'm convinced of this. No matter how bad my situation is, I can always find something to be thankful for. And I say this, and I'm not trying to minimize pain. I'm not trying to give you some happy, clappy, sing-song, sappy. I know we live in a difficult world, and I know a lot of us are walking through tough stuff. I mean, the mission of this church is to be a healing place because there's so many hurting people in the world. But even in the midst of your difficult, dark days, you can find something to thank God for. I heard recently a story of a Christian man that lived next door to an atheist. A Christian man was very outspoken about his faith and his trust in God. And the atheist was very outspoken about his convictions and beliefs as well. So the Christian walks out the front door and he says, Lord, I need food. God, I pray that you would provide food for me. I'm looking to you as my source. Well, the atheist next door shouted, there is no God. Wanted him to be sure. No, I know you're praying to God for food, but there is no God. Well, the next day, the Christian went out on his front porch and he saw bags of groceries outside. He looked to heaven. He said, wow, God, you did it. I asked you for it and you provided me with it. At that moment, the atheist jumped out from behind the bushes. He said, ha, 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 God didn't do that. I did it. See, I told you there is no God. 
the Christian looked to heaven and he said, Lord, I thank you that you did it and you made the devil pay for it. (laughs) Come on, talk to me. Listen, thankful people, watch this. Thankful people can find a blessing. They can create a blessing and they can enlarge a blessing. I'm telling you, if you can just embrace a thankful spirit. And listen, Thanksgiving is not just a calendar on a a day on a calendar, but it's the spirit that the body of Christ is supposed to carry. Lord, I thank you that you did it. And and God, you found a way to bring it to me. How many of you know God can bless you and provide for you and he can sit you at a table in front of your enemies and he can use whatever means necessary to get you what you need? I love, see, thankfulness comes from a heart. It comes out of a spirit. Thankful people see things that other people miss. Thankful people step into opportunities that other people can't. Thankful people are attractive people. Come on. There's something about a thankful spirit. I'm telling you, the happiest people I know are men and women who are grateful. When you recognize, Lord, you've blessed me in so many different ways. You know, God, I just can't, I can't even keep track. If I were to consider all the ways that you've blessed me, it's amazing how gratitude produces joy. And, and watch this. If, if gratitude produces joy, the scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you know what? What's the seedbed of strength? Well, it all comes from a thankful heart. If we're quick to recognize the goodness of God and we acknowledge his role in what's right in our life. Let me tell you this. There may be a lot of things about you that are wrong, but if you'll dwell on what's right with God, if you'll focus on what's right about God, then it's amazing how that addresses everything that's wrong in your life. See, thankful people are attractive people. They become the envy of others. Um, You know, we live in a broken world, in a fallen world. And I know sometimes to have a thankful spirit, you're going to have to do it on purpose. You're going to have to do it whether you feel like it or not. But one thing I'm learning is this. Seeds of discouragement can never take root in a thankful heart. It doesn't mean that you won't have bouts of discouragement. It doesn't mean that you won't have to walk through darkness from time to time. But a seed of discouragement will never grow in a spirit that is thankful. You know why? Because thankfulness has a way of pulling the weeds. Come on, somebody. Thankfulness has a way. There's something that gratitude has to do with our attitude. If we'll raise the level of our gratefulness, I think we'll see the quality of our attitude go to another level. I love that. Thankfulness, it's got to be rooted in recognizing the debt that we owe Jesus because of the cross. How many of you are thankful that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins? Listen, if, if Jesus never did another thing for me, and I've asked him for a lot of things, but if Jesus never answered another prayer, another request, if he never, if he never met another need, he already did more than I could ever ask or hope for by dying on the cross, being raised from the dead, and giving me eternal life. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for you. 
You know, last night, we, I've got a couple of guys, that, and Will, he's sitting right here on the front row. He's one of them. You know, we, we come in, and we pray every Saturday, and we'll lay hands on every seat, and we pray, Lord, fill every seat. God, fill every heart. And we take a, about an hour, hour and a half, and we just pray and believe God. We're praying for you, praying for your family. In fact, last night, these two sections right here, I prayed over every seat. Now, I want you to know that seat that you're sitting in, and in the raised seating too, kind of over here to the left, I got this section right here. So if you sit in this section, man, we touched and we agreed last night. And you know what? And here's what I was praying. I was praying, Lord, let us be thankful as a spiritual family. But then I felt God speak to me and just really challenge me. I said, Lord, would you help me be the pastor that this church deserves? Because when I look at your spirit and when I see how you serve in the community and that God would give me the privilege of being a part of something like this, how many of you know it's a humbling thing? You know, when, when, when you get a revelation of the presence of God and the kingdom opportunity in front of you, I'm reminded of this again and again. I may not be the most gifted pastor in this city, but I'm going to be the most grateful pastor in this city. I, I may not have the, 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 all the, the acumen or the experience. I know this may surprise some of you. I never went to Bible college. Does that scare anybody in here? So I am overwhelmed and underqualified just about every day of my life. But I wake up every morning to new grace. I wake up to new mercy. And I want to be like the one who fell at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, I recognize that what took place in me, it wasn't because of me. God, it was because of you. Number one, a thankful heart. Number two, write this down. Not only does it start in our heart, but then it moves from our heart into our words. I pray that we're a church with thankful words, that what we say reflects what's in our heart. And this, this kind of plays out even in our prayers. You know, and we try to teach our kids this. Before we ask God for anything, we got to thank him for everything. You know, before I say, Lord, give me, I want to say, God, thank you. Um, Psalm 100, verse 4. I, I love this verse. The scripture says this. Enter into his gates with what? How do we get started? How do we step into the house of God? With thanksgiving on our lips. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. And one translation says, and bless his name. Let me ask you this question. What if the only thing you had today was what you thanked God for yesterday. Ooh. My world would look a little different. The landscape of my life would be a little different. How many know sometimes we take things for granted? And it's easy to forget. I'm just convinced that, and we need to make this a practice, that we say thank you every single day. Not just, well, I'm grateful in my spirit. Well, that's where it starts. But how many of you know gratitude can't be silent? It's not invisible and it's not silent. It's got to be something seen and something expressed. Out of our mouths, we ought to say, thank you. You know what? When you go to the restaurant and you're seated there and that waiter or waitress is, is tending to your table, I just think it's a good reflection of, and a great testimony of faith and trust in God that we're kind and gracious to people. I think, you know, when people come and serve and then they give us a refill on water, or they take our order. You say, well, man, they messed up my order. How many know that it wasn't their fault that, that your food didn't get cooked right? You know, I ought to be grateful. I ought to say, thank you. It's amazing how when, when you're kind to somebody, 
even in rudeness, even if they're rude to you, it's amazing how a kind word can disarm that whole situation. Now, I think we ought to be kind of, we ought to be grateful. I ought to say thank you to people. Um, you know, walk in the church, man, greet it at the doors. I just, I see all these volunteers. I go by, I want them to know, hey, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you, thank you for how you serve this church. The guys that are working in the parking lot, thank you for coming here early. I know you've worked 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You came here to help us. Thank you for how you serve. Thank you for what you do. You know what, if, if, if you're driving down the roads and man, traffic is crazy and man, you're needing to get in and somebody lets you in traffic. How many of you appreciate a little thank you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a moment where you were kind and let somebody in and they just kind of pulled on up in there like you owed it to them? You're like, hey, uh, hey, Matt, Matt, hey. What are we saying? Acknowledge what I did for you. I created space for you. Give me the friendly wave. Yes. Uh, Acknowledge my sacrifice. I think gratitude, being thankful, it's so important. It's so important. When your spouse cooks a meal for you, thank her for it. Oh, find ways to acknowledge the goodness and the, the, the kindness of others. You know what happens when we neglect to do that? We drift into a thing called complaining. And how many of you know that train of complain? It comes around. Chugga, 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 all aboard. Come on, parents, how many of you, that complaint train can roll up in your house and all those kids start to complain? They get on board and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is where we stop. Because you know what? Let me tell you something about that train of complaint. It goes in circles. It just circles. And so, you don't believe me? Look at the children of Israel. I mean, consider this. God loved the Israelites so much. After 400 years of slavery, he said, Moses, you go to Pharaoh and you tell him to let my people go. God ended their slavery, brought them into freedom, fed them with food that fell from heaven, nourished them with water that came out of a rock. The scripture says their shoes didn't even wear out. I mean, they had clothes and shoes that stayed good in good condition for years. And what was the first thing those Israelites did? They complained. And you know what the scripture tells us? (laughs) That they complained and that train sent them in circles for 40 years. What should have been an 11 day journey from Egypt to Canaan, from from bondage to the promised land was an 11 day journey, but they circled for 40 years. You know what that tells me? You will never walk in your promise with an ungrateful spirit. You know what had to happen? Check this out. God had to kill that ungrateful spirit. You see, that lack of gratitude has got to go. If you want to walk in the promises of God, a grateful spirit will get you right there. Otherwise, if you feel entitled, are you going to compare yourself to somebody else? Are you forget how good God has been? Guess what's going to happen? The scenery is going to look the same. Here comes that train and you've been circling the same. Oh, come on. Am I talking to anybody here today? 
Be thankful with your words. I'm reminded the author of the, of the book Roots, it was, it was turned into a movie. The author's name was Alex Haley. I want you to consider this. In his office, and this was a, a, a well-renowned, talented, I mean, he it was looked to as a source of inspiration by so many. But in Alex Haley's office, he had an unusual picture hanging on the wall. It was a picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. A turtle that was right there positioned on top of the fence post. And there were people that would visit Alex and, you know, they would come see him and they would see that picture hanging on the wall and they would say, hey, that's unusual. What's the deal with the picture of the turtle on the fence post? And here's what Alex said. He said, every time I write something significant or I read my words and I think that they're wonderful and I begin to feel proud of myself, I look at that turtle on top of the fence post and I remember He didn't get there by himself. He had help. I want you to know, church, we did not get here by ourselves. We've had help. And whatever good, whatever successful, whatever favorable, whatever, I mean, the Bible says every good and and perfect gift, it comes from above. Whatever you can point to in your life that is a blessing, if, if it's fruitful in any way, I promise you, You and I, we had help. And thankfulness recognizes the source. And it it starts in the heart, but it overflows into words. We say things like, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. God, I honor you. You are wonderful. Lord, thank you for another day. When we get up in the morning, I want to tell you what, this day is not owed to you. How many of you know that God is not in debt to us? In fact, the other way around, we are a debtor to the love of God. When we get up out of bed, we ought to thank him for the gift of today. I go to bed at night and I say, Lord, if you wake me up tomorrow, I promise you won't regret it. I wake up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you. I'm going to give you my best today. I pray that the way I live my life, it says thank you to a watching world. Look at what Psalm 136 says. I love this passage, the first five verses of this chapter. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully, his faithful love endures forever. Can I have a good amen? What is God saying? Remember the source. Thankfulness starts in your heart, but it's got to move from your heart to your mouth. And ultimately, finally, it ends up right here. And finally, number three, I want you to write this down. We're a church with thankful hands. Thankful hands. You see, Lord, you know in my heart that you're the source of every good thing in my life. I've I've recognized it in my mouth, Lord. I say, thank you. But now, out of that comes a chance for me to serve. With these hands, God, what I do, may it tell the world how much I'm grateful to you. That's what yesterday was. When you went into this community and you gave out, I mean, I want you to consider this, 10,000 hot meals. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a lot of groceries. 10,000 meals. Took two days to cook. 
I mean, our guys and girls with Cooking for Christ, man, they started Friday. They were stirring pots. I mean, it, it probably started several days before that. Got here Saturday morning, 2.30 in the morning to cook and prepare. And then hundreds of volunteers, almost 1,000 volunteers here. I want you to consider this. This was the largest Thanksgiving outreach we've ever been a part of as a, in the history of the church. 10,000 meals, almost 1,000 volunteers. That doesn't even include the, the hundred. We've given out over 500 meals in, in prison ministry, our, our Spanish campus, uh, our El Paso campus. I mean, these numbers are just specifically tied to what we did here. People in North Baton Rouge and Zachary and Baker, those in Denham Springs and Livingston, and then in Ascension Parish. Rachel and I, we went with the teams down into Ascension to minister to family. We walked up into one home, and you could tell. I mean, it was just a work crew that was there. We showed up with hot meals, and these guys were so thankful. You know, we're able to give a meal and say, hey, listen, we just want you to know your neighbors down the road, Healing Place Church, that's who we are. Your neighbors are here for you. And, you know, there was, they stopped what they were doing. You know, they, they acknowledged the pain that they walked through. But then they, they considered how good God was. And I think our, our presence there was a reminder to them that God has not forgotten you. That one story, family went to visit a, a lady. They pulled up to her house, and, and she wasn't there. And so they had these meals, and... And they were able to feed the, the, those that were working there. But they called this lady on the phone and said, hey, listen, we're from Healing Place. We've come. We've got some, some resource, some supplies. She said, well, I'm working. I'm at, I'm at Albertsons. And so I said, well, okay, well, what Albertsons? Can we, can we come say hello? How many know at HBC we're like bloodhounds? We're going to come seek you out. And so she, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working right now, but I'm at this location. So they said, okay, well, look, we're on our way, and this is the vehicle we're in. So she comes out, and she sees them in the vehicle. They get out. They say, hey, listen, we're here. We brought some meals. You know, is there anything we can pray with you about? Broke her down. She's in tears. The family's in tears. And you know what she told them? I was thinking that I had been forgotten. But your presence here has reminded me that God still knows my name. I want you to know. You see, it, it took a thankful heart to have the seed of a dream. What if we did 10,000 meals this Thanksgiving season? And then it took words. You know what? God's been so good to us. Wow, let's plan. Let's strategize. Let's put together a, a way where we can just make a big splash in this community. But eventually, it took thankful hands that would serve. And you know why serving is such a big deal to us? Because we know how good God has been to us. And that blessing that he's placed on us, it doesn't just stay with us. It's supposed to go to others. This verse in Hebrews 10, last verse, Hebrews 10, 34. When I read this, I thought about what we've walked through as a community. I thought about the floods in August and, and all the devastation and so many people affected. Many of you in here still in the process of rebuilding one step at a time. Look at what Hebrews 10, 34 says. It says this, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Why? Because you knew there were better things. Come on, somebody say better things. 
You knew there were better things. There were better days. There were brighter days that this day is not the only day. This chapter is not the only chapter. This season is not the last season. You received it with joy because you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Can I have a good amen? Mm, Something that the world can't take away. Gratitude. Do you see the power of a grateful spirit? I pray that we would walk in that. You know, in a few days, many of you are going to gather with family. Maybe some of you will gather with friends. And you'll be seated around a table. And there'll probably be a lot of food. There may be a football game or two that you'll watch. Chance to rest. That's when you need to reflect. And know, God, I didn't get here on my own. I had help. And Lord, I recognize that you're the source of anything that I celebrate in my life. God, it came from you. And even if you're walking through a dark season, man, this isn't taking away your joy. You're trusting a sovereign, almighty God. Your hand is held. I mean, your life is held in the hand of a sovereign God. And you're saying, Lord, I'm grateful. God, I'm thankful. You receive that today? Could you bow your heads with me? Mm. Oh, boy, there's such a sweet spirit here. Won't you shut your eyes just for a moment? And I want you to begin to reflect right there in your seat. And we finished just a little bit early. So we could practice. Let's put into practice. Maybe, maybe some of you want to jot down uh, just a quick list on a sheet of paper top five things you're thankful for. Maybe there are people that are coming to your mind right now. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a close friend. Maybe it's a pastor, a teacher, a coach. Lord, thank you for the men and women that you've placed in our lives. Let's just take a moment to thank him for health and strength to our bodies. I mean, you you had strength to get out of bed today. There's some people that are watching online right now and that they didn't even have the strength to get out of bed. You were able to choose what to, what to wear. You got in a vehicle today, drove to the house of God. Lord, let us never take these things for granted. God, we, we just say thank you for the Holy Spirit. Mm. God, thank you for your word. Your word is alive. God, it speaks to us. Lord, it it transforms us. God, I thank you that your spirit uses biblical instruction to bring alignment to our thinking. God, you give us perspective. Oh, Lord, I'm so grateful for your word. I'm thankful for forgiveness. God, I'm so thankful that I don't have to carry guilt and shame. I've messed up, God. I've done a lot of stuff. God, I've been plagued by something far worse than leprosy. God, my sinfulness has created issues. But, Lord, your grace has covered all of my sin. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you for sending your one and only son. You sent heaven's best. Oh, Jesus, you laid down your life. Oh, and you died on that cross. Lord, you said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. God, and when that blood was spilled on Calvary, some 2,000 years ago, once and for all, God, for the atonement of every sin that I'd ever create, all the guilt and shame of my past, 
God, my current issues and struggles and every mistake I'll ever make in the future, it is covered by that blood. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.